You are Locked On Eagles, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome into the Locked On Eagles podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, June 12th edition here on this Tuesday afternoon. My name is Louis DiBiase, your new host. This is episode five for me here on the Locked On Eagles Network, talking about the birds all day, every day, five days a week throughout the season and throughout the off season. We got some good stuff for you today. Eagles Media Day was yesterday. Getting the Sunday night football stuff together, seeing the guys in the new jerseys, you know, not the new jerseys, but in potentially their new jerseys, new numbers. Thought that was a cool thing. The Eagles talked to, uh, the media talked to a lot of the Eagles assistant coaches, so we're going to get into some takeaways for that. If you missed any of our podcasts, you can always check those out at LockdownEagles.com, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you can find your podcasts. Sunday, we talked about Terrell Owens versus the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which I thought was an interesting topic. I defended Terrell Owens, even though I don't, you know, I wouldn't have him on my team, but I don't think his personality issues were enough to keep, you know, such an elite player out of the Hall of Fame. We talked about Carson Wentz and should he change the way he plays on June 8th. We locked on Razul Douglas with Liam Jenkins of Philly Sports Network, and then we talked about the best Eagles positional groups. So we got all four of those podcasts up on our website and on our podcast feed, again, on the Locked On Podcast Network, so you can go check out all of those. I really appreciate everyone that has listened so far to the pod. I've really enjoyed doing it, and with Eagles minicamp starting up today and with training camp right around the corner, you know, about a, you know, a month away, it's it's getting down to football season. I'm, I'm super excited. You know, the NBA season just ended. Hockey's done. So it's football time, and, and it's time. It's always it's always Eagles season for us, especially with them winning the 2017 Super Bowl. Did you guys know that the Eagles won the 2017 Super Bowl? Well, if you didn't, now you do. So especially with them winning the, with the title, we've been talking about the Eagles all year round. So we're, we're still riding that high. But especially now with, you know, activities getting going, you can really smell football in the air. So let's get into it. The, the first thing I want, I want to talk about here is Eagles Media Day. And I just have two little quick thoughts before we start getting into our takeaways from the press conferences of the coaching staff. I saw Corey Clement and I saw Jay Ajayi, Jalen Mills, Carson Wentz. The Eagles were tweeting out all the pictures of them doing the Sunday night football videos, you know, the, the cutaways during commercials and you know, the photos of them in their full uniforms doing, you know, spinning the football or whatever. And Corey Clement rocking the arm sleeve is huge. He's, you know, I'm a big equipment guy for football. I think look good, play good is a mentality that I've always stuck by. It's why I didn't really like Sam Bradford in Philadelphia with the super long sleeves. It's why Carson Wentz has the, the franchise swag, the arm sleeve, the, the helmet's right. It's Everything's got to be right for you to look good in a football uniform. And Corey Clement with the Revolution helmet, the visor, the arm sleeve. Number 30 looks great as a running back. I think Corey Clement, just based on how he looks, is becoming one of my favorite players. The arm sleeve is huge. I'm a big arm sleeve guy, not only in basketball, but in football. I think it's a really cool accessory. I think it looks great. And seeing some of these players in midnight green, I'm a big proponent of the Kelly Green jerseys. I do want to see them come back in some you know, some sort of fashion with the Eagles down the road, even though the NFL still hasn't released a new rule allowing to wear multiple helmets, so that's prohibiting the Eagles from wearing Kelly Green. I do want it back, but probably as an alternate, because I don't want to see this Eagles Midnight Green jersey go away. I think it's look it looks better year after year. 
it didn't look the same. You know, let's go back to 2010, the Michael Vick comeback season. That Midnight Green doesn't look exactly the same as the one that they have now, and they just won the Super Bowl in it. I just, it's really hard to just totally change your your look after you win a Super Bowl, even if it's next year or two years down the road. Even I know Eagles fans, you all want Kelly Green back, and I do too, in some some sort of way. But I don't want to see the Midnight Green go away. After seeing how they look in media day yesterday, it's it's too good of a jersey still to me. I know some people think it's boring, but it's it's what I grew up with as an Eagles fan. You know, it's it's my era as an Eagles fan. I wasn't around during the Kelly Green era, and although it's awesome, I own two jerseys. I own two Randall Cunningham Kelly Green jerseys, the white one and the green one, and I also have a interesting one. It's, it's, a, it's a knockoff jersey, but I do have a Carson Wentz Kelly Green jersey, which is pretty cool. It's like the 1960 version, the one they wore in 2010 with Michael Vick and you know, the Kevin Cobb first quarter. Remember that one? The Celebrating the 50th anniversary of the 1960 championship. So I do have a Carson Wentz one of those, but Midnight Green, I don't I don't want it to go away just yet. I think we we got to keep it in the, in the rotation. Having multiple jerseys is, is a cool look. I like being like the Oregon Ducks. If we have Midnight Green and Kelly Green, I'm, I'm all for it. All for it. So that's my little spiel about Corey Clement's arm sleeve and... Uh, the Eagles Midnight Green jersey. So you get it all, you get it all here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. But let's get into now some takeaways from the mini camp press conferences. We they talked to Doug Peterson uh, this morning. They talked to all the assistant coaches yesterday and I thought there were some interesting things to take away from these. I don't normally really care about press conferences from coaches all that much, especially during the season, because they're not really going to give you that much about game plan, really strategy. They're going to kind of give you the the typical coach speak, the narratives that you kind of hear regurgitated every year, you know, giving 110%, first one in, last one out. You know the whole spiel with coaches and players. So normally they don't, they don't give you a whole lot, but there were some things to take away from this, especially, you know, with minicamp starting up and training camp coming up soon. There are some positions on the Eagles there are some question marks that it was it's interesting to see what the coaches think of I think some of their takeaways from this were definitely noteworthy which is not something that's regular with press conferences but we'll, we'll start with Doug Peterson the the head coach talking to the media this morning and the first thing I thought was interesting was him talking about the quarterback position him talking about Carson Wentz and Nick Foles Peterson said as of right now Nick Foles would be the starter so he says currently Nick Foles would be the starter. I think that's going to change considering how far along Carson Wentz is only six months into the, se- into the season. So I wouldn't take that with, I wouldn't put too much weight on him saying Wentz would be the starter right now because I think Peterson has continued to have the patient approach to Wentz's recovery because there really isn't a benefit to rushing him or making it seem like he could play right now. Well, what's the point when you're only six months in, you still have three months before the regular season starts, what's the point of saying Carson Wentz should be back week one? It just, it puts an added pressure on him that just, it really isn't necessary in my opinion. So I, I totally get him saying that Nick Foles is playing as of right now, week one, him saying that he's the starter. It, it makes sense. You know, they're trying to, of course, talk up their guys. Well, Nick Foles, who just won a Super Bowl for the Eagles, so they want to keep him in the mix and still talk him up. So I understand where Peterson's coming from, but Eagles fans, I wouldn't get, you know, too into that statement. I think Carson Wentz is going to start week one based on how far along he is six months into this rehab, being cleared for seven and sevens. You know, he's pretty much doing all the drills with the quarterbacks. And he doesn't, you know, I talked about it a couple days ago, how you can notice a little limp in his long strides here and there because his quick footwork looks great. I didn't even see that 
you know, this week. I thought you saw him do a sprint with Nate Sudfeld across the field, and he, there was no, you, you wouldn't have really knew. If he, if you were not an Eagles fan, you didn't know Carson Wentz tore his ACL, and you were watching that video, you wouldn't have thought anything of it. He was running as normal as he did before the injury. So I thought that was interesting. I'm not very concerned with Carson Wentz right now, not playing week one. And I don't think Doug Peterson is either, but there's really no point of him, you know, talking him up saying that he should play week one. It's just, it's the RG three added pressure, you know, all in for week one. It's just unnecessary, especially with having a Super Bowl MVP and Nick Foles right behind him. There's just, there's no point. I love this quote saying it's a great opportunity to rip off the dog masks and not be an underdog anymore. Now being the hunted, you know, with a target on their back. I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was a cool thing. It definitely is something that pretty much every Eagles journalist tweeted out as, you know, probably the big quote of the day. But I never thought the Eagles really were an underdog. You know, I think to the media they were and, Okay, I did doubt them when Carson Wentz went down against the Rams. The minute that happened, I said the season's over. You know, that's why even when they won that, I will never buy 2017 NFC East division champion gear ever because it just reminds me of Carson Wentz tearing his ACL. That, Although the Eagles got a big win against an NFC powerhouse in the Rams, that was an awful day for me. I will never, ever enjoy that win. Well, I mean, I can now because looking back, knowing what happened with the season – at the time, I just remember the, f- the feelings I had just thinking the season was over with Carson Wentz going down. It was, But I don't think they were really ever underdogs. They were to us in the media, but... Okay, so they were, but they really shouldn't have been, you know? They, considering how talented they were on the roster and who else played quarterback in the playoffs, you know, you, had, you were going up against the likes of Case Keenum in the NFC Championship game, which were they had this, a similar, you know, fallout with their quarterback situation that the Eagles did, losing their starter, although Sam Bradford is nowhere near the talent that Carson, Carson Wentz is, you know, they, there's just no way that they're going to be underdogs anymore. You know, NFL.com made them the number one most talented roster in the NFL. Wentz is getting the hype to be back. He's even getting goat talk. You know, Dan Orlovsky was on Good Morning Football on NFL Network talking about it. And the roster is better this year. You know, the, the Eagles have pretty much upgraded. They really haven't downgraded anywhere. You know, they have a better running back group, in my opinion. I think Jay Ajayi, this year's version of Corey Clement and Darren Sproles, is probably an upgrade over LeGarrette Blunt. Ajayi last year, only a few weeks into the Eagles system, you know, he didn't even play a full season with Philadelphia, and Corey Clement is a rookie, so the running back position's better, they upgraded Mike Wallace over Torrey Smith at tight end, I think Dallas Goddard is going to be better than Trey Burton, you know, Richard Rodgers will probably, he's not going to be as valuable as Brent Selleck, he's not going to be as beloved, especially in the, the blocking game, which Brent Selleck really did well at at the end of his career, so the tight end position to me is better, pass rusher is better, Every, everywhere, you know, linebacker got a little thinner, but you do lose Michael Kendricks, but you add Jordan Hicks back. So they're not going to be underdogs this year. They're going to probably be picked by most teams, if not repeat, to make it back to the Super Bowl this year. So I thought that was an, a fun little quote from Doug Peterson. To the running back position, he talked about Wendell Smallwood, who is the third-year running back out of West Virginia, a former Eagles fourth-round pick in 2016. He said Smallwood is absolutely in the mix at running back. I think he really meant for the fourth spot. He didn't say that Smallwood was battling for a roster spot, but he is, considering the top three are in stone. I know some people think that Sproles isn't a lock 
considering his age and his injury. But when Doug Peterson goes into Howie Roseman's office every day, like they said he did, asking if Sproles was re-signed yet, there's no way that guy isn't going to make the roster, especially with Peterson talking today about Sproles, saying he's coming along nicely and it's all about just getting him healthy. So he is prioritizing Darren Sproles. So when it comes down to it, the Eagles are probably going to keep four running backs again. They're not going to keep five where... Denel Pumphrey, if he doesn't... See, last year they kept Pumphrey as the fifth guy because they were still holding out for the future that, you know, this is a guy we spent a fourth-round pick on. He could be something down the road. Whereas if Pumphrey doesn't earn his spot this year, there's just no way of justifying keeping him on the roster instead of a, you know, a sixth cornerback or a fifth safety or another pass rusher, you know, keeping Stephen Means and Josh Sweat instead of, you know, stashing Sweat on the IR or cutting Means. So... You know, they're probably going to keep four running backs. And I would say right now, Wendell Smallwood should probably be the favorite if he stays healthy. You know, he's in his third year. I think Smallwood has done some good things in his first two seasons. You know, you look back to the Pittsburgh game week three in 2016. Last year against the Chargers, you know, before he wasn't really dressing after they traded for Ajayi. Smallwood looked good late in that game against the Chargers. So he's shown flashes in the pan, and he also has... He has kickoff return experience. Remember back uh, in 2016, that Washington game where he took it to the house? So he has experience in the return game. Maybe they want to move him to punt returns, especially with the Eagles not maybe wanting to use Sproles in that area as much considering his age. They don't have Kenyon Barner anymore, so maybe Smallwood takes over as that Kenyon Barner role. And he's, he's a more dynamic receiver, in my opinion, as well, compared to Matt Jones and Josh Adams. Maybe not as much Donnell Pumphrey, but... To me, I just I don't see Pumphrey making this roster. So, I think he should be the favorite right now to win the fourth running back spot. Josh Adams, to me, when they brought him in, was someone I probably would have picked. And still, I'm not giving up hope on Josh Adams, but he hasn't hit the field yet. He's still battling that foot injury. I liked him as an undrafted free agent. I think he could maybe be this year's Corey Clement, but you know, he still he hasn't played yet. And as an undrafted rookie, that's that's not great. you got to get on the field and start trying to impress this coaching staff, considering the Eagles have so many other options at running back. But when the pads go on and the preseason gets going, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Adam pushes the other running backs for a potential roster spot. Sticking with the running back position here, Deuce Staley talked with the media on Monday, and the biggest takeaway for me on that was him talking about Jay Ajayi. Him saying, I'm pretty sure Jay is excited about being able to go out there and dominate saying he's very excited about being the guy this year. So it sounds to me, based on what Staley was saying, that J.H.I. is going to be the workhorse running back this year. And by workhorse, I, I say that word very lightly compared to you know other teams, say the Buffalo Bills, where LaShawn McCoy literally is a workhorse. With J.H.I., that doesn't really mean as much, considering Doug Peterson loves to use running back by committee, and they're going to continue that approach this year with Darren Sproles and Corey Clement right behind Ajayi. But... You know, if you were wondering, I know some fantasy experts and some skeptics of Jay Ajayi said, you know, Corey Clement could push him to be the feature back. And although I think that for, you know, down the road, maybe halfway through the season, eventually Clement could be a factor in why the Eagles don't pay Ajayi next year. I think as of right now, based on what Deuce Staley said, based on how good Ajayi looked coming into OTAs, I think that Ajayi is going to be the workhorse running back, at least on first and second down. He's going to be the primary back. Maybe not the workhorse, I'll say the primary back. I, I do still think Clement will get you know, a decently close amount of touches percentage-wise to Ajayi, just because he's such a big factor in the passing game. You, know, you saw that in the Super Bowl last year. Clement basically took on the role of Darren Sproles. And while Ajayi really isn't 
that bad in the passing game. I thought he was effective on screens last playoffs, especially against Atlanta, you know, where the Eagles really utilized him in that attack with Nick Foles still kind of getting into his groove, not really blowing up until the NFC title game against Minnesota. They did use Jaya a lot in that area, so he's not LeGarrette Blunt in that facet. He's got better hands than Blunt, more explosiveness, but Clement's ability to dominate a passing attack at running back will probably keep them around 60-40. Maybe not 60-40, but 60-30, you know, 10 for Darren Sproles. Maybe not even. It might it might be 50-40, I don't know, math time, whatever. You know, I think you're going to see all three of them, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Let's get the math out of here because I'm no math expert, but Ajayi, Small, or not Smallwood, Ajayi, Sproles, and Clement are all going to have a significant role in this backfield, but it sounds like Jay Ajayi will be the guy, you know, to start it off. He'll probably get the majority of the red zone work on first and second downs if he stays healthy, and I think he could have a big year with that. You know, this is a guy that had the most yards after contact last season, and he averaged almost six yards a carry in Philadelphia. I look back to the games like the Los Angeles Rams game. He was huge in that, and the Atlanta game, he was big. I thought even in, even in the NFC title game in the Super Bowl, when Ajayi got touches, he made the most of it. The problem really was for Ajayi, he was only getting 8 to 10 carries a game and a few receptions here and there. So I think this year in a bigger workload, he could really come back to his 2016 form, which is, it's it'll be interesting to see if that happens because he's a free agent next year and do the Eagles want to pay a running back like Ajayi? He is only 24 years old, but they, they're, they're, they're cap-stricken. Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas have in the past proven they're not really big into committing big money or high draft picks into running backs. You know, they haven't taken a running back as high as the fourth, as high as the third round since I believe was Sean McCoy. So, you know, they haven't really invested in the running back position in a long time based on a lot of money or, well, I guess Chip Kelly did, but I'm talking more about Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas here. So, I mean, they found Corey Clement last year undrafted and maybe they think they have the same thing in Josh Adams this year. Wendell Smallwood was a fourth round pick. So was Pumphrey. So I don't know necessarily if they're going to pay a Jai next year, but I think, and Deuce Daly thinks, he's going to have a big season. I like the quote he said about Ajayi. He's one of those guys that spent a lot of time in the film room. He came in, he was eager, eager to learn, he wanted to know more. It was like as if he was plugged in with no problems and he kept getting better each week in practice and you saw what he was doing on the field. That sheds a good light on Ajayi's work ethic because he's got criticism in the past, especially last year. When he got traded from the Dolphins to the Eagles, a lot of Miami media members and teammates thought that, you know, especially Adam Gase just wanted Ajayi out of there. They said, you know, he was causing problems in the locker room. He would pout when he didn't get touches, even in Dolphin wins. But then he came to Philadelphia, and in a great culture, a structured locker room, you didn't really hear all that much about him. And he's shown this year, based on his work ethic coming in, he's motivated, and I don't think he's this locker room cancer that Miami really said he was, and I expect a big year from Jay Ajayi. Let's head over to Corey Unlin's press conference, the secondary coach for the Eagles, which is something I'm very interested in. If you haven't noticed yet, most of my content when we're talking about the Eagles' defense is about the secondary. So 
I love it. I love the. I, I played corner in high school, so it's a position I, I really respect, and I like watching the players that do because I understand it the most. And the Eagles have a fun little core here. They got you know five, six young corners and two really good safeties. We probably have the best, one of the best safety tandems in the league with Malcolm Jenkins and Roddy McLeod, who just doesn't get enough respect to me in the NFL with some of the impacts he made. I was watching the Super Bowl again the other day because you know I'm obsessed. The fact that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I'm going to be watching that game until I'm 80 years old. And that play in the red zone where Roddy McLeod body slammed Brandon Cooks to hold them to a field goal was just one of the more underrated Eagles plays. And when we do our 2017 Eagles play tournament on LockdownEagles.com where we vote for the best uh, Eagles plays in 2017, which I'll have up this week, that's going to be one of them that I probably rank higher than most people would. So, But the Eagles secondary is, awesome, is really cool this year, and it's a, it's finally something – it's a, it's a positive – on the roster instead of a negative. And Unlin talked about the secondary, specifically the, the nickel corner situation, which everyone's keeping their eye on. And although he mentioned a bunch of names, you know, he, he, he mentioned Devontae Maddox, Devontae Bosby, who's impressed so far in the spring and into the summer. I think the description that him and Doug Peterson gave of what they want in a slot corner sounds a lot like Jalen Mills. And let me read what Unlin said yesterday about that exact point. Quote, you got to have your stuff together in here. Your mind has to be right to play in there and understand what is happening before the ball is snapped. Then once the ball is snapped, you can see one of a hundred different things that can happen by coverage. So to me, with that, him and Peterson have both talked about aggressiveness and football IQ when it comes to the slot. Not really speed, athleticism, and quick twitch, which is things you need to have in the slot, which would probably more favor Ronald Darby and Sidney Jones over Jalen Mills. But, you know, I trust Jalen Mills to be able to see all those looks more than a Darby or a, maybe not a Sidney Jones, because I think, look, I think Sidney Jones is going to be better at these, at, at everything than all these corners are. But I, I think they trust Mills to do what is necessary in the slot the most. And the, the Eagles will probably rotate. You know, they'll have Jenkins in the slot a lot. Darby and Jones have both been doing it in camp, but I think I think Mills can fit, again, against all kinds of looks inside. He's much more equipped to handle bigger receivers than Ronald Darby is. Just look last year in the Super Bowl. Mills against Gronk in the first half, and then Darby against Gronk in the second half. It was a tale of two halves basically because Gronk shredded Darby to pieces, and he really couldn't get anything going against Jalen Mills. And I also think he's better to handle quicker receivers than someone like Razul Douglas, who just wouldn't be able to really fit in the slot because he's just not fast enough. He's his footwork still is something he's got to get better at. And he's just a bigger, lengthier corner. I mean, he he would do well against someone like Jordan Matthews in the slot, but the minute you have, you know, Brandon Cooks rotate down into the slot or, you know, Cooper Cup with the Rams, so Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, you know, the minute those guys go down there, Razul Douglas is probably in trouble. But And Mills is also a great tackler. And with the slot cornerback having a role against the run, considering they play more than the third linebacker, that's another area where Mills is the best option. Again, I think Sidney Jones, to me, he's going to be better than all of these guys at outside corner, at nickel, just in every asset he's going to, to me, be, I think he's going to be an elite corner in the NFL. I'm just going to say it. Even though he was injured last year, I, I think Sidney Jones is going to be one of the best corners in the NFL. And he just, he looks the part. Again, yesterday, media day, he looks like Asante Samuel 2.0. It's awesome. He's rocking the 22. He's got the arm sleeve. He just looks 
like an elite football player. He just he looks cool, and I think he's you know he's shown in training camp he's held his own against the likes of Nelson Aguilar in the slot, and he could probably do it. But I think eventually, when they see him in press in training camp in the preseason, they're gonna want. Sidney Jones on the outside. I think he's going to take that step. And I'd rather have Mills on the outside over Darby, but I think the Eagles will go with Mills right now based on their description of what they want. His past experience there at LSU, you know, Mills played a lot of slot corner and safety at LSU, and I thought he showed that he could do it there at a high level in the SEC. And the lack of experience from the other corners really points to Jalen Mills being in the slot. I think they just trust him the most out of all of these guys right now. And although, again, Darby would be probably better off against the faster, quicker receivers down there in the slot, and I'd rather have Mills on the outside because I think he's a better corner than Ronald Darby. I think right now they trust Jalen Mills the most. And let's be real, Jalen Mills isn't the slowest corner. I know he gets a lot of flack for that, but Jalen Mills ran a 4-4-8. That's not slow. You know, if a corner is running under 4-5, that's, that's good enough. And so I think he's faster and quicker than most people give him credit for. I think it is a little disappointing in 2018 since, you know, he... he to me, I think I think I want to see Sidney Jones and Jalen Mills on the outside. But so I think it's a little disappointing if he doesn't play on the outside because I trust him against the better receivers than Jay, than uh, Ronald Darby on the outside. But uh, it looks like right now Mills is probably going to be in the slot if you ask me. So also, Unlin said there aren't any current plans to move Razul Douglas to safety, saying he really likes Douglas at outside. That, to me, is another thing that's kind of disappointing. Since in 2018, I think he'd have a better shot at playing time at safety. It it, it does make sense because, look, he'd be an upgrade over Maragos, you know, Trey Sullivan, or Jeremy Reeves, if you ask me. But McLeod and Jenkins are going to be here for the foreseeable future. They, I don't think Jim Schwartz wants, wants those guys going away anytime soon, especially with Jenkins playing all around the field. I think they really rely on McLeod back there, and they don't want to get rid of that. There's a higher percentage chance that Ronald Darby, who's an unrestricted free agent next year, they could trade him this year, or they could choose not to sign him next year if they don't want to commit big money to him, or if he, unless he takes a big pay cut, which he won't, considering free agents always get overpaid. So having Douglas continue to perfect his craft on the outside probably makes more sense. You know, he does, however, think Douglas could do it. He could play safety if the Eagles need it. So say Darby has a really good season and the Eagles, in fact, do pay him. Jones becomes the guy I think he'll be and Mills continues to prove that he was nowhere near a seventh-round pick and should have been a day-two player, maybe day one. I think the Eagles would still consider moving Douglas as a safety down the road. You know, especially if Sullivan and Reeves don't pan out, I wouldn't rule it out just yet. But as of right now, it doesn't seem like Razul Douglas is going to play safety at all in 2018. Let's go to defensive lineman coach Chris Wilson. The main takeaway from that, in my opinion, was him talking about the age of these defensive ends, these pass rushers. He said he's not concerned with Brandon Graham being 30, with Michael Bennett being 32, and Chris Long at 33. He said, you know, big guys don't get smaller, but fast guys get slower. And I, I see where he's coming with that. None of these edge rushers really rely on their speed. And although, and he wasn't wrong, you know, Bennett and Long have continued to produce at 30 plus. So I don't doubt Brandon Graham, who seems like he gets better every year, will suddenly drop off in 2018. But when we're talking about contracts, you know, through next year, all three of these guys would potentially need new deals. And I only think they really give Graham, they even consider giving Brandon Graham that contract, unless Michael Bennett, you know, has 
10 plus sacks this year and proves that he can play on the outside and inside and is just a dominating force on the, the pass rush. They might choose to keep Bennett on the payroll, but I think Brandon Graham's really the guy that they look to give a, a contract extension to. Darby's a free agent next year. Jay Ajayi's a free agent. Jordan Hicks. Carson Wentz eventually is going to need an extension. I, but to me, I, I, prior, I prioritize Brandon Graham over those guys, considering the Eagles... They have other alternatives at those positions long-term. Whereas, even though Brandon Graham is 30, he's still likely a long-term option at defensive end for the Eagles for another three to four years. You know, that would eventually, if he played four more years, that get him right into where Chris Long is right now. And Chris Long was a significant contributor last year to the Eagles' Super Bowl run. I just look back to the pick six Patrick Robinson had against the Vikings. That was all orchestrated by Chris Long, who got to Case Keenum, hit him, and forced a tip pass that Robinson took to the house. So... Brandon Graham, to me, is someone that's still going to be contributing to the Eagles three, four years down the road. And especially if, if Long and Bennett aren't here, you know, after this year, they only have Derek Barnett and hopefully Josh Sweat pans out. Obviously, they have a lot of draft picks next year, and you'd expect them to take another pass rusher, considering the Eagles really want to use three to four on the rotation. But I think Brandon Graham is someone, I think they're going to pay him, just especially with his attitude. You know, he he's not holding out. He's coming back to training camp. His attitude's great towards it, saying, you know, if he balls out again in 2018, they'll, they'll figure something out next year. But he hasn't been a distraction with this money at all, even though he is underpaid. He, he just, he's underpaid for the, the contrib- contributions he has. He right now has the best play in Eagles history, getting to Tom Brady with that strip sack in the Super Bowl. He's a legend in Philadelphia. And... You know, I think the Eagles are going to reward him for his attitude. I think the Eagles have showed that they're willing to do that for the right player. They gave Nick Foles a contract. They reworked his contract, made it worth his while, a bigger signing bonus, a potential option next year that could pay him $20 million. And they could also, they, they've showed that they're willing to make moves for the player, even though Howie Roseman in the past has been the opposite. He's been the wheel and dealing, trading whoever he wants, you know, making the right play for the organization. They've showed that they'll do the right thing for the right player, and I think that they'll reward Brandon Graham next year. So, although I'm not really concerned, I'm not concerned with the age group right now in 2018. I do think the Eagles will be concerned with it after this year, and will probably only really invest money in Brandon Graham. Let's wrap it up with quarterback coach Press Taylor. <laughs> Dude, I I loved hearing him talk about the Philly special. Again, I eat it up anytime I can hear the. You know the background stories of what went down with the with the you know the behind the scenes look of the Eagles Super Bowl run is I eat that stuff up. So especially how Doug Peterson and Frank Wright wanted him to give a list of trick plays and get back to Doug and Frank and the staff to eventually use those plays last year. It just it continues to show examples of how you know last year's team and hopefully this year's team have that mentality of being aggressive, innovative, and creative. You know they just. I love the mentality of how this Eagles team wants to play football. It's just, as a fan, it's just more fun to watch. I don't want to see a Doug Marone-type team that punts on 4th and 2 on the opposing 42-yard line. I love the Eagles' aggression, and it was awesome hearing the story of Press Taylor describing it. He was kind of the mastermind behind it, you know, even though he took it from other teams. We all point to Foles asking for the Philly Philly and Doug, you know, having the stones to go for it. But Press Taylor put together the package, which was really cool to hear. And Taylor, he also talked about how he was in the offensive game plan meetings last year. He had his own conversations with the staff of what they could do. So I'm pretty confident he can carry on what DeFilippo and Reich did. It's a great staff to learn from. You know, DeFilippo is now the offensive coordinator in Minnesota. Frank Wright's the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So 
you know, Press Taylor learned from the best, if you ask me, and he's got a great quarterback room to work with and still a great coaching staff to learn under. So as a quarterback coach, I'm confident that Taylor can continue where the coaching staff left off last year. So those are my takeaways from the press conferences yesterday and today as Eagles minicamp starts up. That's going to conclude today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, June 12th edition here on this Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow we got an exciting podcast as we bring on Teron Davenport of NBC Sports Philadelphia and Bleeding Green Nation. We're going to get his thoughts on OTAs, his biggest takeaways, his takeaways from the press conferences today and from minicamp as he's down at the NovaCare Complex getting all, all the looks from the Eagles roster. So tomorrow we're going to be joined by Teron Davenport and get all his thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles. So thank you for everyone that listened. I do appreciate it. If you subscribe to the podcast, leave me a rate, comment, you know, leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing with the show. If you have any suggestions, you can hit me up on Twitter at DBiaseLOE and also email us email us at LockedOnEaglesPodcast at gmail.com. That's going to do it for today's edition. Once again, I am Lou DiBiase. This has been the Locked On Eagles Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's go, Birds. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.